praise be Jesus Christ now and forever. You're listening to the Bellarmine Forum Podcast. And I am John Bumanos, your show host and president of the Bellarmine Forum. Can a bishop mandate you to do something that risks your death? Just think about that for a minute. Can somebody else tell you to do something that risks your death? How much risk has to be there for you to say, okay, they can tell me to do that. When young men sign up, or now I guess young persons, we should use inclusive language there because there are enlisted uh, women. Uh, When soldiers join the military, they know that there's a risk of death to it. When policemen graduate from the academy and put their uh, badge on and take the beat, they know that uh, there's a risk. And they're trained how to reduce those risks. But those are activities that we know are helpful. Defense of the country, protection of the common good, uh, keeping a civil order. Those are things that have a risk of death, but they also are of great importance to society. But can a bishop tell you, you, you have to do this? Can a bishop tell you, you have to get surgery? No. Can your boss tell you, you must get surgery? No. And part of this is the relationship that they have with you. And the other part is, what Mother Church tells us, who is the person who makes a choice for healthcare decisions? Let's start with last week on August 17th. We're going to talk about, I'm going to pick one. There's several of these bishops that have done this and mandated that their employees and clergy must get vaccinated for COVID. I'm going to pick the one from Chicago. Uh, particularly there's several reasons for it, because we're going to go through things that uh, Bishop, when he was Bishop Supich in the past, has said compared to what he's saying today. And we're going to compare it to guidance on healthcare decisions from the USCCB. Sound like a deal? Let's do it. So on August 17th, I have a copy of a letter from uh, Cardinal Supich, and it was sent by email to the priests, and let's, I'm just going to read part of it. He's addressing priests. So it says, Dear brothers, during my vicariate meeting with the priests, I was told that some parishioners are asking their pastors to provide or sign a document testifying that their refusal to be vaccinated against the COVID virus is supported by the teaching of the Catholic Church. I do know that some bishops individually or by state have been provided templates for such a declaration even though there is no basis in Catholic moral teaching for rejecting vaccine mandates on religious grounds. Let's stop there. That's the first paragraph. Get the picture? He's, this is a pastoral concern. There's people that don't want to take the vaccine for whatever reason. We'll get into whether, we'll get into who makes the decision later. And they're coming to their priest and they want instruction on what does the church teach about this? And the paragraph ends with, even though there's no basis in Catholic moral teaching for rejecting vaccine mandates on religious grounds. Really? I guess if we 
look at narrow issues about it, that could be. But Catholic religious grounds and Catholic moral teaching, let's go back in time, 2012. Let's listen to, this is just a, a, a an outtake from a video that Bishop Supich put together in 2012 regarding medical decisions at the end of life. So he's going to talk about end of life decisions, but we'll, we'll, we'll broaden this up a little bit later. Let's just listen to what he has to say. Our faith teaches us that mortal human existence, while a great good, is not the only or the highest good. The bishops are very clear about this matter. Catholics may choose to avoid treatments that are extraordinary or a disproportionate means of preserving life. The free and informed judgment made by a competent adult patient concerning the use or withdrawal of life-sustaining procedures should always be respected unless it is contrary to Catholic moral teaching. Pretty straightforward, right? It's the choice of the individual. And the church teaches that when the individual can't make a decision, a surrogate can do it. Now, the best way to have a surrogate is in it ahead of you being incapacitated, you assign somebody to make decisions for you that you trust, or you give advanced health care directives or other things. The point here is that it's the choice of the patient. And must, did you get what he said? Must be respected. Now let's focus in on that point. The free and informed judgment made by a competent adult patient concerning the use or withdrawal of life-sustaining procedures should always be respected. Pretty clear if you ask me. I mean, it's, it's right there. Now, what we're dealing with here is that I believe Cardinal Supich was addressing the idea that some have and who makes the choice? It's seven o'clock. It's the individual. There were earlier discussions about the vaccines using uh, either being tested on fetal cell lines, some vaccines, not all may have fetal tissue, all of that. And it was resolved. There's uh, a lot of ideas around there. But what he's basically saying is he takes a side on that and he does not believe that's a reason to not take them. And so what he's doing is saying there's no, quote, no basis in Catholic moral teaching for rejecting vaccine mandates on religious grounds. We just heard that the choice to do a procedure is that of the individual. Now, the USCCB in 2009 published directives for healthcare. And I'm reading from paragraph 26. Listen to this The free and informed consent of the person is required for medical treatments and procedures except in an emergency situation when consent cannot be obtained and there's no indication that the patient would refuse, uh, would refuse consent to the treatment. No indication, meaning if you had written a living will advanced directives that said, I never want to have an appendectomy, 
if and, and you uh, have appendicitis and they read this and they're like, oh, he, do, he doesn't want to have an appendectomy. We can't take his appendix out. That's what they mean. That's what the last part, no indication the patient will refuse. So most people don't really have moral grounds or don't have a problem with an appendectomy. So a surgeon that's uh, dealing with your, you know, can't answer due to pain or you're in a car accident and they discover this uh, appendix problem, the emergency uh, surgeon could give you an appendectomy in order to put you back together. Unless you had said you don't want one. It doesn't matter. It's the fact that you said you don't want one has to be respected by the Catholic healthcare directives that the U.S. bishops have put out. Now, let's continue with another idea from the U.S. bishops. Free and informed consent requires that the person or person surrogate, now they're, they're, they're bringing up surrogates in case you've assigned somebody or somebody has to answer on your behalf because you're not conscious or something like that. So let's just skip the skirt part. Free and informed consent. So they're going to tell us what makes free and informed consent. It requires that the person, let's call him the patient, receive all reasonable information about the essential nature of the proposed treatment and its benefits and its risks, side effects, consequences, and cost and any reasonable and morally legitimate alternatives, including no treatment at all. So how does a bishop make a decision on all those things that the patient should be considering? Then the bishops continue in paragraph 28. We're, instead of person, I'm just going to say patient. Each patient should have access to medical and moral information and counseling so as to be able to form his or her conscience. The free and informed healthcare decision of the patient is to be followed so long as it does not contradict Catholic principles. We'll get into those in a minute. But what that means is, let's give an example. When should it not be followed? Somebody comes in and says, I want an elective abortion, or let's just let's, let's back off that issue. If somebody comes in and says, I want an elective sterilization, you know, like a vasectomy, that's against Catholic moral principles, right? So you don't have to follow that. They're saying a Catholic doctor doesn't have to follow that. But all the rest of this, you should have access to medical and moral information. Free and informed healthcare decision to the person is to be followed. That's not a choice. That doesn't say, uh... The bishop gets to pick for you. That doesn't say your boss gets to pick for you. It says you, you are the person getting the therapy. Now, the bishops get into the idea of functional integrity and what they're talking about are things that would, you know, like taking an arm off, removing a necessary organ, stuff like that. Paragraph 31. So we've skipped a couple paragraphs. No one should be the subject of medical or genetic experimentation, even if it is therapeutic, unless the person first has given free and informed consent. You're probably picking up again and again. The standard here is free and informed consent, oftentimes called voluntary informed consent. 
It's what the bishops are saying healthcare directives are, right? So I'm not really understanding how, in this case, if the bishops published a document on healthcare directives that said, you have to have access to all this information if you're going to undergo the procedure. It needs to be provided to you morally. You should be able to get moral counseling. In other words, if you have questions, if you feel it's morally repugnant that something was tested, I don't understand it. In society, if people don't like makeup that was tested on animals, there's been animal-free or no animal testing products made to accommodate them because we respect that that's morally repugnant to some people. Similarly, if you want to get um, different medical products, if you're a vegan, there's people out there that have religious beliefs that uh, are veganism. You can get a vegan alternative to respect that you find it morally repugnant to eat flesh meat. Why? When the church says it right there, when the bishops are telling us, if you have moral, moral questions about this procedure, it's your choice. You need to be given the information and the people around you need to provide it. Does it sound like that paragraph from uh, Cardinal Supich gives an opportunity for people to be informed, for people to follow this Catholic teaching. I mean, some people, it, it, it just sounds to me like all of this Catholic teaching is skipped over. And I am looking. There is one more paragraph in the bishop's thing. Pardon me, because I, I did not take the best of notes. I'm searching, searching through... There we go. We talked about the, uh, the, the experimentation on therapeutic things. But let's talk about even drugs. So let's look at the well-being of the whole person must be taken into account in deciding about any therapeutic intervention or use of technology. Therapeutic procedures that are likely to cause harm or undesirable side effects can be justified only by a proportionate benefit to the patient, not to others, to the person undergoing it. It's paragraph 33. So nobody can substitute your choice as an individual. The bishop can't make your mind up for you. Cardinal Supich can't make his your mind up for you. He can't tell you, you have to undergo this medical treatment. You have to take this therapeutic. It's not his choice to make, and that's the bishops, the USCCB themselves that have said that. Now let's move into another uh, aspect of this, the benefits, the purported benefits. The next paragraph from, from uh, you know, and I get it that people have different ideas about the efficacy of vaccines and stuff. You know, I get a flu shot every year. Yeah, yeah. see there? I mean, just like there. Now, the CDC says that the flu shot for somebody his age is probably 2 to 8% effective at best. And on, on top of that, you have to add the other probability of whether or not they even got the right variants in the flu shot that year. Maybe somebody out there could find out if he still gets the flu 
But, uh, I mean, that's his personal choice. Good for him. You know, I get a flu shot every year. I, that's great. I mean, but it, it, it is interesting to me that he, he goes back to what the Pope had said on this act of love thing. Now, he brings it up in this paragraph. The Holy See has clearly stated, I'm quoting, that receiving the COVID vaccine is unquestionably in keeping with Catholic faith. Unquestionably, really. And even has urged people to be vaccinated as an act of charity out of respect for the common good and fighting the pandemic. Now, our moral teaching, still quoting, while ever respectful of the rights of individuals, doesn't sound like they're being respectful of the rights of individuals. Always keeps in focus the common good. Not doing so distorts Catholic doctrine. Well, it sounds like it's already distorted by mandating it because it's the free, informed consent of the individual at hand, not the bishops, not the employers, not the cardinals. Now, one more thing from, but I mean, you know, we should remember, we should remember that he's following what it appeared that Pope Francis said. Uh, I've been appointed by three popes, not just by Francis. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, look at how he's instructing the priests. Therefore, if you are asked to offer such testimony, please politely decline and explain that doing so would mean you would be endorsing something that is not in keeping with Catholic teaching. Parishioners surely can determine their own actions, but it would be important to clarify that they cannot use the teaching of the church to justify such decisions, which is their essence, a rejection of the church's authentic moral teaching regarding COVID vaccines. Really? That's, that blows my mind. That blows my mind. Since when? I'm just going to bring up two things. One, the concept, this may be true if we were talking about a vaccine that is called a sterilizing vaccine. Sterilizing vaccines prevent you from, like the mumps. If you get the shot for the mumps, you don't get the mumps later. The flu shot, however, does not prevent you from getting the flu. It's called a leaky vaccine. Going all the way back to 2015, there's news reports. If you Google it, Google leaky vaccines. I'm not going to link, link to it, but you'll see there's a lot of science and a lot of studies that posit that through a number of mechanisms that occur immunologically or through uh, pharmacokinetics and or other mechanisms in the body, leaky vaccines actually assist viruses to become more deadly. Now, that's a choice for the individual. That's not a choice for the cardinal to make. And the Pope, I don't believe the Pope really. Um, if we're talking about a leaky vaccine, the way they write about it, they think that the vaccine stops infection, but it's not true. Even the manufacturers of all the, man, of all the uh, vaccines right now say it does not prevent infection. In other words, the vaccine does not cause you does not stop contagiousness. So there's an error in fact on the, on the face of this statement from Cardinal Supic. And it's, it, it, that error in fact undermines the whole mandate, as does the idea that Catholic moral teaching, which the USCCB has clearly said in 2009, 
is the voluntary for informed consent of the individual. Free informed consent can't be replaced. If you are a walking, competent adult and you can make decisions, then nobody can take that choice from you. That's the, that's the USCCB 2009. Nothing, because none of that was abrogated, there's nothing about uh, this current stuff that's going on. But let's even put it in another term. Some that I understand it's all clergy and all employees. Can a bishop, now clergy have a vow of obedience to the bishop. Somebody out there that's better at canon law than me, I know the answer, but I'm, I'm not able to go technically through it because I'm not a canon lawyer. <laughs> and I really didn't prep for this, but I want to bring it up. Can a bishop mandate that a priest who has a vow of obedience to him undergo a medical procedure? Can a, the bishop tell the person, I want you to have your appendix removed because it's safer? No, he can't. He could suggest it. And maybe the priest would think, well, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I'll do it. But he can't mandate it. If he can't do that to somebody who has a vow of obedience to him, who does he think? He doesn't have the power then to mandate employees do it. Now let's talk more about more, more Catholic moral teaching for rejecting the vaccine. Can an employer mandate their employee undergo an activity that has a palpable risk of death? What do you think? Think that through for a minute. Is there Catholic moral teaching on this? I'm going to tell you, yes, there is. Labor and exercises, and it starts all the way. Gentismus Anno is the last one. It is the duty of the employer to provide for the well-being of employees. If we've already, by the manufacturer's own statements, if the point is we want to stop contagiousness and prevent infection, the vaccine's not the way to do it. It doesn't stop contagiousness so this mandate has two errors in fact on on it on its face this doesn't mean i'm not telling anybody whether to get it or not i as a lawyer i'm interested in this as an idea that i first i don't understand why bishops are trying to make medical decisions for other people second of all i don't understand why in the bishop's role as, as an employer, they're doing things contrary to the social teaching of the church and contrary to uh, about five encyclicals I can think of right now. Laborans, Exorcins, Centesimus Anno being two of them, the most recent, to get into the idea of the safety of employees and the employer's responsibility because of the special relationship the church sees and the duty that the employer has to preserve the safety of the individual and the dignity of the individual. Telling somebody to undergo a medical procedure without giving them informed consent is not respecting the dignity of the individual and is contrary to Catholic moral principles. Just stating the opposite in a statement like this is crazy. And it's wrong. Let the people decide what they want to do. And there's less invasive therapeutics out there that are safety. I mean, the, look it up for yourself because it should be your decision. But the World Health Organization, NIH, has documents out there that say 
ivermectin is as safe as aspirin. They, they think it should be listed among safest things like aspirin and penicillin and ivermectin should be one of those. That's incredible. So we're talking about something that's safe. Now, the question would be whether you believe these clinical studies that are out there. I'll tell you where to go look. America's Frontline Doctors and FLCC, Frontline COVID Care. Uh, they put the Mask Plus protocol. Now, they have studies out there. There's peer-reviewed studies even showing up in journal therapeutics that say that ivermectin actually reduces viral load and makes you not contagious. So if the goal of Cardinal Supich is to create a workplace that doesn't spread the COVID vaccine, then the mandate should be for one, something that stops infection, right? That's not the vaccine. It's this possibly, possibly based on these promising studies, it's stuff like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And since one of those options, ivermectin, is as safe as aspirin, they probably have, I guarantee you, the first aid kits around the Archdiocese of Chicago probably have aspirin in them. Sounds to me like they should probably have instructions on how to take ivermectin uh, to prevent COVID infection, if that's really the goal. I don't understand the goal of this mandate. It, it, it just seems to me that the end does not justify the means. If the end is... We want to help. We want to help people understand. Then they should be informing, doing what Catholic moral teaching says, informing their employees and allowing them to make choices with informed consent based on good medical information. Now, it was reported in uh, uh, Crane's Chicago business that the archdiocese is just not even going to look at religious exemptions. Here's, I guess I'm not in that boat, but here's what I would do. I would make them one. The hint was back in the uh, earlier, in the things I read. Remember when we were talking about the appendicitis and whether or not you said, I, I just have a. I would give them notice that you would refuse consent to this treatment. That, and I'll link to the USCCB document so you can, you can use this document as much as you want. That you, if you've done that, if you want the vaccine, that's great. Why do you need the bishop mandating it? The only people that are going to respond to this mandate are people that have already determined they don't want it, right? A person that does that, the first thing they should do is tell them, I've gathered information, I've weighed the risks and benefits. I understand that this will not make me, this will not prevent me from being contagious. And it presents a risk of death. Now, consistent with Catholic moral teaching, I want to know one reason I wouldn't want the vaccine is because there's no liability. The manufacturer is immune from being responsible for damage it could do to me. So if I die... Who, who's responsible for that? Since you're mandating it, you should be responsible. You should be strictly liable for it. And it shouldn't be that I have to prove that the vaccine caused my death. I'm a healthy person. As a matter of fact, if I die in a year after taking this because you made me take it, you should be strictly liable and presumed 
that the shot killed me and pay for my lost salary by buying an annuity from a highly from a highly uh, rated annuity company that would replace my salary for the rest of my life for my family because you stole my life from me. There's a real risk of death to this, and I don't want it. That's Catholic moral teaching. Now, you should listen to my religious exemption because I've decided on my own, and I'm giving you indication that I would not consent to this. That's number two. If you claim that I am dangerous because I haven't gotten the shot, please explain how the shot prevents me from being dangerous when they don't. In other words, there should be some back and forth where they have to acknowledge that they're replacing what the church guarantees you, your dignity as an individual. The church guarantees that you get to make free informed consent decisions regarding your own health care. And a mandate like this that threatens your life being is precisely Pope John Paul II talked about in Labor and Exorcens or Centesimus Honest. Those are the things that the employer is not permitted to do by Catholic moral teaching. I mean, it's nice that, I mean, it, it's great that Cardinal Supich. You know, I get a flu shot every I year. Mean, that, that's great. But that's his choice. And for the other people that make that choice, in that diocese that work there or the clergy they're there, that's great. That's what it's supposed to be. But to abuse the relationship of being an employer and to state things that aren't true on their face or that are they they are they are not unquestionable. They're definitely disputable facts. They should be resolved by the individual who is undergoing the risk of death or risk of injury. That should be the individual's choice, not the, not the cardinal's. Or, as in the case of these other dioceses, not the archdiocese or the other. And if you aren't in the archdiocese or the other, your employer, under Catholic moral teaching, I've given the basis for a religious exemption based on this document, it would be up to you. And the way I would handle it is, you should list your concerns. It's indisputable that there's a risk of death with the shot. The problem is we don't have enough information to really know the real risk of death, do we? You look at some reports and they give one number. You look at other reports, they give another number. And this leaky vaccine problem. You know, I see conflicting news all the time. Some say that 88% of the people in the hospitals in Israel are fully vaccinated. There was something in Massachusetts I, I don't know. It's not my choice to make. You should look those things up. And if you believe that there's enough evidence in your mind that this thing does not provide a benefit, you should state it. And if it come back, I mean, I would like to know, let's go to that statement from the Cardinal. I want him to prove it. He's saying that, uh, that this is going to, um, this is going to, you know, make you, not, I mean, that sounds like a warranty to me, a, a guarantee, or legally. He's guaranteeing you're not going to get COVID after that. What happens if you do? And now you have some other injury from the shot. They're going to put their money where their mouth is? That's usually what we require. And Because I'll tell you something, 
The vaccine manufacturers are immune. And workers' comp does not pay enough money. Well, I just make that make that square to your employer. Hey, workers' comp, if especially if this shot kills me, does not pay enough money. So you're gonna have to pony up some more uh some more uh risk on the table. You're gonna have to put your money where your mouth is. If you want me to undergo the risk, you've got to take the risk. That's the whole problem in this. That's why the church always says it's up to you. And she guarantees it. That's what the bishop's statement is. That's what a religious exemption is about. Now, legally, I do know this much as the law. Please don't use what I'm saying as legal advice, though. You should consult an attorney if you have questions about this. Legally, we can use the tools of the modernist against them. Religious exemptions in the U.S. are any sincerely held belief. If you sincerely believe those things and you follow what the bishops say, then you're doing what the Catholic Church says. And if you believe in your own choice, going through the risks to you, as well as whether the benefits are true, risks would be the leaky vaccines, the deaths, the possibility of these other problems, the possibility that the shot may make you, that's where leaky vaccines comes in, the shot may make you more susceptible to covid in other words, this mandate from Cardinal Supic may have the opposite effect for a large swath of his workforce. I think it's ill-advised. I don't think it's well-informed. It's certainly not consistent with Catholic moral principles, both from the employer-employee relationship and from the idea of what the bishops tell us are the basis of choices in healthcare. That it's not his to make. It's the free, informed consent of the individual. How you go about that in other cases with your employer, you should be talking with other employees. And, and I think that the way you approach it is, this isn't fair. People should get a choice. And not only that, why, why are they promising something that this thing doesn't do? For some people, there's evidence to suggest that it actually makes things worse. I don't know how many people, I don't know, you know how many it whirls up. But I think the worst part of it in any of these cases is we know that some people have died within days of the shot, some just right on the spot. That's a real risk of death. I'm going to leave you with this, uh, this little thought. You know, there's always a risk of death with healthcare, And this is where, just where the, I can already see the, the objection to this. Oh, well, you know, there's other riskier behaviors. You, risk, you have a risk of death when just driving your car. That's true. The choice is, in modern society, you got to drive a car. I don't have to undergo health care, though. Or I can pick among several health care options, of which there are plenty available. I can choose the one that offers the most benefit and minimizes the risks. You should have the same choice. That's what the bishops say in these health care directives. That's your choice. You, the individual. In free informed consent. Now, it's, I mean, if there was Ebola or something like that, I'm still wondering about the actual perception of danger and to whom. The CDC has said they're changing the tests in December because they already include the flu and the colds, and the samples for PCR were from contrived samples, meaning. The CDC already said the test results we see, you know, include all this other stuff that's not COVID. 
So we're going to make a different test, but we're not doing it till December. That maybe that's something to bring up with uh, with Cardinal Supich or your HR office in the Archdiocese of Chicago. Is say they're changing the test in December. Can we wait then and see what really what we're really dealing with? This rash judgment, this rash rush. Years ago, I wrote a thing about a daredevil being on TV, and I went to the old catechism, and it said we are under a strict, I'm quoting, under a strict obligation to do nothing that tends to destroy health or life. Consequently, it is a sin to rashly hazard one's life, wantonly to injure one's health, or to take one's own life. Wantonly risk one's life. That's a choice for the individual, right? So it would be wrong for somebody to say, well, you should undergo this risk because you drive a car. That's not the right person to be making the choice. And what's worse about it is, at least with cars, there's insurance. And if somebody's at fault, that insurance pays amounts at law for the damages. With a vaccine, you get a capitated table. And for wrongful death, I don't think you get judgments that reflect what actual damages are. If you price an annuity out, let's say somebody's in their 30s and they get this shot and it kills them. What would the annuity cost be to replace the salary for that young parent? Let's say it's a woman or a man and they're a parent and they have kids at home. Injustice, the person that made them undergo the risk of death needs to give them the money back for the, what the lost wages are. For most uh, middle managers or others, let's just say somebody in the Chicago pay scale in the in uh, Archdiocese of Chicago in their 30s, we're talking about 60 years of six-figure salary. Uh, not 60, probably more like uh, 40. 40 years. It's probably going to be about a three to $4 million annuity to replace that person's uh, salary for life. Are they going to pony up a guarantee for that $3 million when they make you take the shot? Let them take the risk. I mean, that's what we're talking about. It shouldn't be that they make you take the risk. That's what Catholic social teaching is all about. That's what the bishop's health care directives are about. That's what the, the Catholic social teaching about safe workplaces and the duties of employers are about. I would have that discussion. I would have it in writing. And again, if you have questions about things like this, there's enough of a framework there for you to discuss these things. I, but I think there's another suggestion in Catholic moral teaching, and that's the workers should organize. I would think even people that have taken the shot should see in Catholic social teaching that it, it was their choice, and they should respect the choice of other people. I mean, if somebody's taken ivermectin prophylactically, they're not going to be contagious. So the person that's gotten the shot, those two should be able to work together and say, this isn't right that we're being mandated to do this stuff. You know, it shouldn't, it's, it, it's really not a question of shot or no shot. It's a question of, hey, our boss is asking us to do something risky. And there's something wrong with that because Catholic moral teaching says that that, that shouldn't happen. It really is a Catholic moral issue. And if you're not in an archdiocese, you're working in a secular place, 
This provides a framework. I'm going to link to the bishop's document. It provides a framework to start listing. Catholic teaching from the bishop says that a decision for anything like this comes from free informed consent of the individual. I believe you want to make a safe workplace, but you're asking me to undergo a risk of death. And then go through the reasons that you don't think that there's a benefit to the shot. Go through the risks to you. How what you feel the risks are and why you would not take it. And then say that you, if you want to use therapeutics, I would put it right in there. I would rather use these therapeutics that actually do prevent infection because they're safer. And I feel more effective than taking this vaccine and present a far less risk of death than this vaccine. Well, let's say a prayer. It's a lot to pack in there. There are ideas that are there. I'd like to talk more and I'd like to see questions from people. Uh, But for now, those are concepts that are out there. I really don't understand why these bishops are talking about vaccines. I, I don't. I mean, of all the things to be talking about, why aren't they talking about communion in hand? Why aren't they fixing the communion in hand vote? Why are they, you know, why aren't they more worried about how do we get people back to mass? What are we going to do about the prodigal sons and daughters that we've been neglecting? Mandating their employees to do things that really just doesn't, particularly, you know, trying to substitute healthcare directive decisions for, for their employees. That sounds, I, I don't I don't get it. You know, Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. We, we, we need to, you know, pray our rosaries and, 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 and ask Our Lady's help for this situation because it just doesn't make sense. Let's say Hail Mary together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. Well, you've done it. You've uh, Hopefully, this has given you ideas. And like I say, go to the comments on the Bellman Forum. Let's talk more about this. I, I, and I mean it. it. It doesn't matter which choice you make. The point is, the church says, it's your choice to make. And you should have a right to all the information to make an informed choice of the risks, the benefits, and the morality. If you find something morally repugnant, the church is there with her teachings and her moral thoughts to say, that's right, you shouldn't have to do that. Well, you've done it. You've been listening to the Bellarmine Forum podcast. I'm your show host, John B. Manos. Production of this episode was underwritten by an anonymous donor that asks you to say your rosary daily. If you'd like to underwrite production of the podcast, contact the forum using the contact form on the website, bellarmineforum.org, or call us. This podcast is a production of the Bellarmine Forum, formerly known as the Wanderer Forum Foundation, founded in 1965 on the heels of Vatican II as a faithful enclave of the Catholic faith without all the progressive modernist confusion. But some of the confusion they've introduced, like allowing any sincerely held belief to be considered religious, use it. It's a big tree to hide behind. It's a good one. Our producer sits at the right hand of the Father and will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. Our executive director made all things visible and invisible. Our technical director is an unnamed angel assigned to us by the producer per show. The Bellarmine Forum is a nonprofit public charity and all donations are tax deductible to the maximum extent permitted by law. 
This show is copyrighted by the Bellman Forum 2021 to the greater glory of God and the honor of the Blessed Mother.